Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I am Jim. And we're two jamokes who bloviate about the Bears so you don't have to. Uh, today, we have a special guest. Welcome. Hi, nice to be here. This is Melissa, and Melissa is a fan of purple people. Yeah, I'm one of those purple people eaters, big diehard Vikings fan, so, and I'm also a devoted listener to this podcast for some reason. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> for some, for some There's reason. There's one. <laughs> yeah, so this is part of something that we're hoping to do a little bit during the off season, which is where we're going to try to get some fans of opposing teams on, just so that we can get kind of their perspective on the Bears from an out-of-market standpoint, and also we can hopefully learn a little bit about their teams as well, so... Figured we'd start off with the Vikings, and we're happy to have Melissa to be nice enough to join us. Now, today's episode uh, is named aptly Mac Scat, just because of the uh, news today. But we uh, brought that in late, because we already had this scheduled. So we're going to postpone Mac Scat, and... Uh, we're going to talk about some of the uh, other things uh, here in the cities. Yeah, so we'll have a second recording coming out at uh, later this week at some point, just talking about how we feel about the Mac trade and potentially some additional moves that have yet to be made. But for now, we're going to talk about Bears and Vikings, and it's been an interesting offseason for both teams. Both teams, obviously, experiencing some major re regime changes, new general managers, new coaches. I guess with the Vikings, you know, we've talked at length about how we feel about where the Bears are at. How are Vikings fans feeling? Yeah, I would say Vikings fans are very excited and hopeful about the direction that the team is going. Um, under, you know, long-term GM Rick Spielman and uh, Mike Zimmer, head coach, we felt like we kind of had stagnated for a little bit. Um, there always seemed to be a reason that we were kind of underachieving, but we didn't really know why. Um so after we let, you know, head coach Zimmer and Spielman go, um, all these quotes and, um, you know, inside looks from players and people in the organization started coming out that kind of portrayed the, you know, Zimmer regime as being, you know, toxic. Um, there was a really interesting quote from Eric Hendricks that said, I don't think a fear-based organization is the way to go. Um, yeah, and then Brian O'Neill also talks about, you know, he said, oh, it's the small things, you know, having a coach that's, that says hi to you in the hallway or, you know, is willing to talk to his players. So we really kind of got an idea that Zimmer just did not really associate or talk with his players. I mean, we knew he was kind of a, you know, old school Bill Parcells kind of guy, but I, I didn't really know that it was, you know, as toxic as this. Um, and also this week even, uh, uh, the uh, GM and uh, O'Connell let go our long-term athletic tra trainer, Eric Sugarman. Um, and there is all these quotes coming out about how, you know, there is old, um, there's Efedi Adunabo, and he tweeted something like, you know, Mike's, or Eric Sugarman was not a good man, so whatever you guys, you know, heard about him, you know, that's fab that's fabricated. So it's kind of, like, interesting of, you know, really? how... Yeah, so it's kind of interesting of, like, how deep this rot went. Um, so, and I never really... I think it's amazing how they were able to keep this under wraps, because I never got, you know, the fact that... Or I never really picked up on that, that this is supposedly toxic. Well, right. Right at the very beginning when that happened, I mean, being somebody from the outside, I didn't know who that was, but it seemed like there was kind of this, 
I don't know, cry two tears that uh, he's uh, he's going away. That's, so it's interesting. Like, and this happens most times. You get a coach fired. Like we're hearing stuff about Matt Nagy, right? It's, yeah. When a coach gets fired, anybody that had some sort of gripe feels empowered to speak out. So there's two sides to every story, but. It's interesting with Zimmer because a lot of times guys like that don't really last, and he was the Viking coach for a long time. Yeah. Um, did something change, or do you think the message just wore stale, or what do you think became different these last couple of years? Yeah, I think the message definitely got stale. I mean, we missed the playoffs three or four years, and from what I know, his his kind of grouchy persona just kind of wore on people. Curmudgeon. Yes, exactly. And I thought Kendrick's, you know... He said something like, "There's something. There's some things still left out there as far as a relationship is concerned." I mean, Eric, uh, Kendricks was Zimmer's one of his star players on his defense, and as we know, you know, defense is Zimmer's baby. That is his pride and joy. So the fact that he didn't have much of a relationship with Kendricks, I think, really shows that there is something kind of off there. So, yes, yeah, certainly, because he was supposed to be one of the team leads. Well, he was one of the team leads. Yeah, you would right. think. And yeah. he's still under contract, correct? So he'll be he back. Is, yes. Least, yeah. is, is it true? I always heard Zimmer refused to call his special teams players by their given names. Is that true? Oh my gosh, I have not heard <laughs> that. But there, there was something about just the curse of special teams players. Like, you know... As we, you know, have kind of observed, it seemed that Minnesota was where kickers kind of came to die, um, <laughs> went to die, and, you know, Danny Carlson, now we see him, you know, being an incredible kicker for the Raiders, and obviously, you know, Dan Bailey, a little bit of uh, some up and down performance, and so, yeah, I think that he's probably terrifying for they could get gold players. and gold would start missing <laughs> <laughs> he'd revert back to how he was under John Fox I mean there's some revisionist history with Robbie Gold I think that everybody was pretty ready for them to move on from him when the Bears actually did cut him but that's a story for another day that, right so yeah I, no but Zimmer has always struck me as that kind of old curmudgeon guy and you know definitely a, a defensive coordinator before um, uh, the one thing that uh, it, it did seem to me, though, was, uh, you know, Nagy always projected this, hey, I'm one of the guys, you know, we, uh, you know I'm always uh, talking, goofing around with the, the players, and I got club dub, and, uh, you know, and Zimmer seemed completely the opposite of that, definitely old school, uh, kind of hard line. And it was kind of surprising to me after he left the organization that suddenly he started kind of unleashing. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because a couple things. I guess winning is the ultimate cure for everything, right? I mean, like you said, it it really starts to wear thin when your team isn't successful. But a big part of it, too, and it might be something just with, you know, today's athletes compared to prior generations, but you have to have a relationship with your players. Like, players will respect you if you're hard on them, but you also have to treat them with respect. I mean, everybody thinks of Bill Belichick as this old curmudgeon guy, but ask any of his players about the way that he treats them. He's hard on them. He's very hard on them, but he's honest with them, and he treats them as professionals. So if Zimmer wasn't doing that, I guess it kind of makes sense that uh, the Vikings were ready to move on. I was a little surprised that they fired Spielman, because (laughs) the Bears are obviously 
you know, you understand why Ryan Pace got let go because the roster's terrible and the team sucks. <laughs> but the Vikings have a lot of pieces in place, and like you said, it kind of felt like they underachieved, but it doesn't feel like they have a bad roster. Is that a fair observation? or? Yeah, you... I think that's definitely fair. And honestly, I think Spielman himself was actually kind of surprised that he was going to let go. As we know with, you know, these firings and hirings, it seems like there's always some talk, you know, in the days before the, you know, the firing actually happens. So we heard some chatter, you know, for several days that Spielman, or that Zimmer was going to be fired. But we never really heard anything about Spielman. So I think from all accounts that Spielman was kind of surprised about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, he was a long-term staple with the Vikings. You know, first he was the VP of player personnel, um, and then was the GM from 2012 until 2022. And he kind of had a good a good mix of hits and misses, I would regard, um, for, for draft picks. And, um, you know, he his hits included, you know, Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, Kendricks, Justin Jefferson, um, Harrison Smith. But, you know, obviously some misses like uh, Laquan Treadwell, Matt Khalil, uh, Christian Ponder, and the jury is currently still out on Kellen Mond and Christian yeah, Darisaw, but yeah, yeah he's. Uh, we would like to forget about him, but can't wow. forget. So, yeah, I I do not think he was a bad GM. But after you know, we'll talk about Quasi, I'm sure. And after seeing you know how charismatic and kind of the whole vibe shift from Quasi, it makes sense that we just needed some fresh eyes in the organization. Yeah. So. Uh... Uh, one of the things I, I was uh, talking to our buddy Chris about today was um, that uh, his uh, Chris is a Bears fan, but his wife is a huge, huge Vikings fan. So um, they they have one of those mixed marriages. <laughs> so so anyway, he um, uh, we we were talking about the fact that uh, Spielman um, was had I think the most draft picks of any GM during his tenure, or maybe not number one, but certainly in the top five, certainly, I think in the top three, I mean, he had a lot of draft picks. I think he averaged over 10, which is insane. So, especially when you compare it with Pace, right? It's the exact opposite. <laughs> exactly. I think Pace averaged five. That's not enough. <laughs> so, so what, I mean, what do you what do you see as that as a kind of your perspective on that? Yeah, that was kind of an ongoing joke or you know thing in the organization of uh, Spielman loved his sixth rounders. You know, we would expect him every draft to trade back and you know trade a third for several six or a seventh or. Um, so it's always kind of fun because to watch the draft because you would expect and know that the Vikings would be kind of doing some moving around. You would never really know what Spielman was going to you know pull out of the hat. So yeah. that's definitely accurate. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of as it relates to the Bears, I guess, what do people think that the Vikings are going to do going into 2022? Because they turned over their regime, but it doesn't feel like a team that's all that far away. I mean, they were 500 last year. They lost some games that they could have easily won, and they've got some pieces in place, including, obviously, the big contract with Kirk Cousins. Do people expect them to go into a rebuild mode, or I kind of had them as potentially a team that could be a sneaky contender this year in the NFC, just, you know, if they keep their roster largely in place, make some smart moves, and maybe just have a change of philosophy on the coaching staff? Yeah, I think among a lot of Vikings fans, including me, there definitely were 
a lot of games last year that I thought could have gone either way. Obviously, that happens with every team, but, you know, there are some, like, that Arizona game or, you know, there's a lot of really close ones that, you know, could have, that we really could have pulled out. And I don't really think there's any sort of stomach for uh, a rebuild right now, and I don't think that we're in the position to have to do that. You know, we have some Adrian veterans. We have a few years left of you know, Harrison Smith, uh, you know, Kendricks is kind of starting to get up there a little bit. Um, Anthony Barr is, I mean, we thought he was gone after last season. He kind of, you know, was waving to the crowd his last game and, you know, Instagrammed a picture of, you know, him, like, with his, like, jersey in the the locker and stuff. So, I mean, we kind of thought he was probably gone. And Daniel Hunter, we'll also have to figure out what we're going to do with him. Um, he's not that old. He's my age. Exactly. He hasn't played in, like, two years, though, right? No, he hasn't. He's had, you know, some various injuries. Uh, last year, he tore his peck during the Cowboys game on Halloween. So I was... really thought he was going to explode last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a bummer. We really haven't been able to see him for a couple of years. But, but no, I think that I can see the Vikings really competing um, this coming year. I thought we were going to compete even more that I thought Rodgers was probably (laughs) gone, honestly. I'm not surprised he came back, but I really was, uh, you know, (laughs) was really excited for, I saw a big, you know, we're going to take the North and never give it back is kind of what I thought with (laughs) Rodgers gone, but that's not going to happen. So hopefully... Before before Rodgers came back, I was kind of looking at it from even like a gambling perspective. I was like, I could maybe see the Vikings being like a sneaky good bet to even come out of the NFC. Not because I think the Vikings are really that good, but just because the NFC is... Not good. I mean, it's like you got the Rams, who you know you're gonna bet on them to repeat. You got the right. 49ers with no quarterback. You've got the Cowboys, perennial underachievers, and the Bucks with Brady retiring. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there, but Rogers coming back puts a little bit of a damper on things. And I think we can all both agree on that from Bears and Vikings perspective. Absolutely. So one thing I do want to ask you about. So. The way I remember it is most of, I think almost every game last year of the Vikings was decided in by seven points or less in, and in less than, by like less, three minutes or five minutes. I think I read that. Other than the game where Cousins was out with COVID, right? I think they right, got, they got right. blown out that one. But, yeah, I mean, um, that, that wasn't counting that one, but... Um, that's not, that's pretty accurate, right? Something like something about that's extremely accurate. Yeah. There were a lot of heart attack games last season, right. so um, so if they spin what maybe two games, two of those or three of those, they would have made the playoffs. Probably, yeah. Yeah. What, what was the Eagles' record? I mean, they were nine and eight. Right? Yeah, I think, I think eight, they were nine. nine so. Yeah. Yeah, we were right there, and yeah, the if we you know. There's all these what-ifs, obviously. Um, the very last what-if was, you know, if only Kirk didn't get COVID right before Lambeau Field. I went to that game, and uh, that was quite the experience for sure. Um, you know, even before, obviously going into Lambeau at any time is a really difficult place to win. But, you know, the day or two before, yes. But the day or two before when, you know, Kirk goes down and also Delvin had had COVID at the same time. It was like, I do not even want to go anymore. But, but you know, I was a good sport. I went, we got clobbered, and yeah, so it's... Who was, yeah. the, was it Mon that started? Who, who started that game? Um, no, it was uh, our other backup. Why oh, Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion, oh, yeah, thank okay. you. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I really liked Sean Mannion coming out of college. I actually yeah. wanted the Bears to draft him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no. not kidding. I thought we could maybe draft him in like the fifth round. Where did he go? I think he went to... Say UCLA? No, that's not right. Yeah, whatever. I can't. Remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, he's terrible. Yeah. The other thing that I 
I wanted to clear up is I'm curious to get the Vikings fan perspective on Kirk Cousins, right? Oh, of course. It's like, it's, it's a weird one. You look at his stats and you're like, wow, he had a great year last year. 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. But you watch him and sometimes he looks good and sometimes he looks really bad. And most, at least casual Vikings fans that I talk to don't seem to like him. So curious, what from somebody that actually, you know, follows the team every day, what's kind of your opinion on him and Help, help us clear this up, because I've never been able to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's incredible how polarizing Kirk Cousins is um, amongst the, the fan base. I mean, my opinion of him is probably different from a lot of different other Vikings opinions, and I don't think there's really a consensus as to what people think of him. Um, I, myself, am a Cousins fan, actually. I think we can and have one with him. You know, I've watched us march into the Superdome, um, down, down south and when one there and you know he's won versus the Packers I was at that game this year at US Bank Stadium obviously we've paid him a lot but as we've seen with some other contracts and you know inking our deal with Kirk the price of quarterbacks just continues to rise honestly I don't think that his his deal is as crazy as it you know looks at it looked at the time as it just is just for now. this year they have to do something about yeah, it would. I so basically the the deal here is we either probably have to extend him or, or trade yeah. him um, to lessen that the amount on the cap. I tend to think we're probably going to extend him. Um, I just do not really think that there are a lot of there's. It's a very weak quarterback draft, as you guys know. I don't yeah. really think there are any you know surefire right away starters um, in the first round even. Mal- Malik Willis from uh, Liberty is that's maybe is... the one. I yeah. mean, they're they're saying that he's going to be the top gun. Liberty to <laughs> the NFL is a big jump. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it was Matt Coral, but he's injured, and yeah, it's a weak class. It's a weak free agency class. I mean, too. And you know, the thing is, is that doesn't necessarily mean that those guys won't be good. It's just right now, betting that when you when you have a guy that threw thirty three touchdowns on your roster versus seven seven picks, yeah. Um, no, you don't let that guy go. Yeah, he's incredibly accurate. Like I said, I really like him, but you know, you go on Vikings Twitter or there's, you know, different talking heads of uh, Score North cough that they <laughs> they debate and talk about him day in and day out. It is actually exhausting. I saw a recent tweet that was something like, How do you Vikings fans talk about Kirk Cousins every single day on here? But they do, they do. So um, I, I honestly would be a fan of extending him. I don't really think there's much else, you know, better than him on the mm-hmm. market at all. So and the best free agent quarterback is our guy Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> which is uh, indictment enough on the options that would be available as a replacement to Cousins. I mean, the other option, Carson Wentz, just got traded to Washington, and he's not good either. So yeah, it, it's um, uh, it, it when. Having him already on the roster, already familiar, who cares what the naysayers say? He's already shown he can play. There is something weird about Cousins, though, and it was all the way back in his Michigan State days. He always kind of had that Peyton Manning, um, you know, he, 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 can't, he can't win the big game. You know, Manning had that coming out uh, of Tennessee. Cousins had that at Michigan State, and he was a second rounder, right? I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah I believe so. I think he was a high second, yeah. 
And that's why he wasn't, you know, that's why he wasn't at the top of the draft, which is where a quarterback as successful as he was at Michigan State should have been, right? Right. But um, I, I don't know what it is about him. You know, uh, some people try to explain it away uh, with the, well, you know, he just uh, builds up his numbers during the jump games. Yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. You know, it's not all laid on on one spe- specific thing, but it's like you said. He was a Vikings went in, and he did well against. He was a fourth uh, round pick, by the way. Fourth was he a pick, fourth? I yeah. That. Wow. I didn't realize that. Well, I thought he was. I always thought he was a second. But uh, you know, he did go into uh, he did go uh, into the Superdome and uh, and take on Drew Brees and you know put it on a good show. And he, he always seems to play really badly against the Bears, but his record against the Bears is pretty good. I mean, that just is a, more of a statement on how bad the Bears are than anything else. <laughs> but the two games that he played against Chicago this year were, were certainly not impressive, and that's, I think, what most fans think about when they think of Kirk Cousins, right? Because, I mean, you probably see him a couple times a year when he plays Chicago and then maybe another national TV game or two. Yeah. And... It just seems like anecdotally that he just doesn't do well in those spots. But like you said, I mean, the numbers at the end of the day are, are there. So it's a it's a weird one. And do you think that they absolutely have to extend or trade him? Because he's shown a willingness to bet on himself before. He played a full season on the franchise tag with Washington. Do you think it's out of the question that he just goes into this as his contract year and plays? I think it's possible. I mean, it would definitely help us to lessen the cap. Um, I I do expect there to be some sort of movement from from Kwesi and McConnell as far as extending, or I, I don't think we're going to trade him. I don't really think that's going to happen at all. Um, Kirk does seem to be a fan of those one-year deals, though. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they, you know, the new regime decides to do. Um, I mean, this will be kind of their first big big defining move um, right. that will kind of go forward of, you know, defining uh, Kwesi's new, you know, regime here. So That's what I was wondering. It's like, do you want your first big move to be giving Kirk Cousins another $150 million? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they certainly don't have a better option this year unless something yeah, they comes out of luck. They can't go into the season with a $45 million hit from one guy. You can't, you can't right. do that. Is that what he's at right now? Uh, I think yeah, forty million, oh, wow. I believe. So his number is huge. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not manageable. Mm-hmm. They, they have to do something about it, and extension is probably what's going to happen because then you can push the money out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like Kirk has not really been from the tweets that have come out. It doesn't seem like he's very willing to take a pay cut. No Which way. is, uh, I don't, you know, I don't blame him as being, you gotta be a business person, you gotta advocate for yourself, and looking at what all these other starting quarterbacks are fetching, I mean, I don't, I can't well, blame him. It, so, you know, it always comes down to the fact, and, and the Vikings have had their own share of this, not as bad as the Bears, but the simple fact of the matter is, is there's only X amount of good quarterbacks available mm-hmm. uh, at, you know, Maybe 50%, 40 to 50% of the league struggles with this every single year, some more than others. <laughs> and and, and not, not, nobody as much as the Bears, but some more than others. And, you know, they have the guy. And um, you have two. Uh, Thielen is, is still uh, a really good receiver, and Justin Jefferson is literally in play for the number one guy in the NFL. 
uh, I mean, that guy is... It was so funny being at the uh, last game of the season, uh, you know, because the Bears led that game pretty pretty handily for three quarters, you know, and I, I, dare I say even dominated in the first half, but it was like in the fourth quarter, suddenly somebody told uh, the Viking staff, hey, just throw the ball, just chuck the ball towards Jefferson. Don't even worry about it being kind of accurate, just chuck it over there. And the next thing you know, they had three touchdowns. Yeah, of course, I mean... That game at Soldier when the Bears' entire secondary was out with COVID, right? And we've talked at length about how good the Bears' secondary was even when they were at full strength, right? I mean, it was the worst in the league, and then all of the starters went out. And then the Vikings are there just running the ball. It's like, in what, what world does that make sense? It's like, we are playing against uh, Arena League secondary. I think we're going to establish the run. It's like, no, throw the ball deep, and you're either going to get... A long completion, or the Bears are probably going to interfere with the receiver. Yeah. They're going to get a flag, but you know, whatever. That's Mike Zimmer. He's he's gone. It seemed like his play calling was something that everybody was pretty much in agreement was was not where it needed to be. Yeah, he he had a little bit of that loveyitis when yeah. it comes to great uh, defensive mind, but uh, a lot of trouble with finding an offensive counterpart that he that he totally gave the ball over to because that was one of the things I always felt about Lovey is that it wasn't even so much to the guy that they were hiring really wasn't equipped for the job or that good um, but it never seemed like he wanted to let go and just be like hey you know this is not my area I expect you to do your thing. Well the Vikings offense coordinator last year was Kubiak's kid right? That's right yeah. yeah. Um, what were the reviews like on him? I never heard anything positive. But. Yeah, definitely not positive. Um, I mean, there also seemed to be something... There's not a whole that, lot of gray area there. No, no. It, there definitely seemed to also be something with Zimmer and offensive coordinators. He seemed to kind of run them out of town pretty often. I mean, we burnt through, I don't know if it was four in four years, um, but we have a new offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, so I think it'll be really good to get, you know... Someone who actually you know has worked with Kirk before, which is Kevin McConnell, um, under a new offensive coordinator. And if we extend Kirk, then obviously we'll have a little bit of stability at the offensive coordinator position. Yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, I mean, they kind of have to extend Kirk almost, right? I mean, like... In yeah, the, in, there's no choice. In the NFC, I mean, he's, what, the third best quarterback right mm-hmm. now? Fourth mm-hmm. best behind Rodgers, Dak, Stafford. Yeah. Is there anybody else better? Than I don't think I don't so. Know. So, I mean... You're not going to replace him unless you have a really high draft pick in a year that's not this year, right? So Hurts is better than people are giving him credit for. You know, one of the things I was reading about him was, I mean, not just his passing skills, but we forget how much how well he can run the ball. Yeah. He had quite a few touchdowns when you combine the two. Yeah, I mean, he he, he did, but I'm not a fan of him. I mean, we'll see. He, he's not dealing with the most talented offensive, you know, system either, but right. I, I'd still put Kirk ahead of him. At least oh, right yeah, now. I would too. We'll I'm just ourselves. saying, you know, he, he's, I, think he's a, I think he's a comer, though. All right, so in other news that was interesting to Bears fans, can you explain what happened with Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> that was a incredible several days. Um, so as I talked about earlier, it really seemed like from what was coming out of uh, TCO Performance Center, which is our headquarters, that there really needed to be a big uh, kind of culture shift within the team. 
Um, so, you know, we were thinking immediately after, okay, we need to get someone young, we need to get someone offensive minded, someone who's going to, you know, has some sort of people skills, is going to talk to the players, you know, pretty, you know, relatively basement level things, but really important, you know, qualities to have in a coach. Um, also, it came out that apparently Spielman and Zimmer were not even talking towards the end. Um, so anyway, when it came out that Jim Harbaugh was, you know, potentially going to interview with the Vikings, then when he, you know, when we flew him in here, uh, you know, people, including myself, got pretty excited for that. I mean, you can't argue with his, with his, you know, winning everywhere, his track record. But, you know, a little part of me was thinking, you know, is he really going to be significantly different from Zimmer? You know, all these things that the players have been saying, is this who they're going to want, who they're going to want to play under? So... Yeah, that was a very that was a whirlwind of a few days, and obviously, you know, he came in here, and I just do not really think that he was a a, a fit. I don't think he was a you know was the guy for us. Well, it sounded like he came in and just kind of expected them to hire him on the spot, right? Is that fair? Yeah, I don't really think that he did a whole lot of prep for the interview, from what I can tell. Um, from what I heard about McConnell when he came in, he had all these different ideas of you know how he wanted to utilize Kirk, and you know he clearly prepared really hard for this interview. Harbaugh, I think that, you know, with his track record, um, he kind of saw it as, you know, being his job for the taking, essentially. And it was pretty clear that the Vikings organization did not feel the same way. The fans were extremely excited. I mean, you know, there was tweets basically, okay, well, he's going to take us to the Super Bowl, like, this year. Because, I mean, look at he's never lost. He's never lost anywhere. But I, I think, you know, in the end, it was not going to be a significant enough of a change. I don't think that he, I don't actually buy that he was just using the talks with us to like get a better deal out of Michigan State because he took a pay cut voluntarily Michigan. for Michigan, Michigan, yeah, sorry, uh, I don't I don't think that he was trying to, you know, get more money out of them because he took a pay cut, so I, I don't know, I think he was interested in potentially going back to the NFL, but, and this was a good job for him, but it just didn't work out. So. See, I'm somewhere in between because I think you're right, I think he primarily... Uh, came here with the with the mindset of if they give me what I want, I'm going to go ahead and sign up. But I think that the Vikings probably did like you were saying and just said, uh, while we want you, we're not going to just lay out everything for you. And he also used that as some leverage back with Michigan to say, well, you know, this shows that I could go get a job in the NFL if I wanted. And Michigan was doing, like, the, the president of Michigan came out and said, hey, um, you know, we, we want you back. Uh, they, uh, he did some tweets about it. And so I, it, I think there was some power play in there, too. I think it was kind of maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I certainly don't think this is the last time we're going to see Jim Harbaugh flirting with an NFL team. I know he said that he's back at Michigan for as long as they'll have him, but I don't believe that for a second. I think once he opened the door to this, I think that means he has some desire to turn or to return to the NFL. I think that he just probably walked into Minnesota thinking, I'm going to show up, they're going to give me the job, and we'll figure it out from there. And I think that any good organization would be skeptical of that and would say, hey, if we're going to give you $100 million, 
you know, you could have taken a couple hours and prepped for the interview. Like, I remember <laughs> as all the news was breaking, I texted Melissa and I was like, so how many players on the roster did Harbaugh even know? <laughs> like, you know, like Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook, and then eh, we'll figure it out from there. I'm Jim Harbaugh, right? Like, I, I think that's a red flag when the guy doesn't isn't on the same page from step one right and like I don't know if he has an agent or if he's representing himself or how that even works but like you gotta put forth at least a bit of an effort if you're gonna try to get that right. amount of money from an NFL team but I think a lot of Bears fans ended up being pretty happy because I remember Tom you and me were recording a podcast and we were talking about the Bears having just hired Eberflus and we were kind of lukewarm on it and as we were recording I saw the notification come through on my phone that uh, the Vikings are about to hire Jim Harbaugh. And I'm just like, oh, man, Matt Eberflus's honeymoon period in Chicago just went from few games to zero. <laughs> like, if Matt Eberflus comes in and doesn't do well and Harbaugh's got the Vikings in the playoffs, Bears fans are not going to be happy. But obviously that ended up, you know, not coming to fruition. But it's it's curious because obviously Harbaugh does have his ties to the Bears and yeah. With it being a team in the division, it, it wouldn't have been a good look. But I guess so, luckily it didn't happen. So one thing I want to ask you about is, so Bears and Vikings, both in a unique timing situation, ended up firing their head coach and GM at the same time, uh, hiring their new uh, respective positions. Um, polls, uh, certainly uh, as a Bears fan, uh, I think, well, Jim and I would agree that we're excited about him. But the way I understand it is the excitement is pretty high amongst Vikings fans for, is this, is it pronounced Quessy? Uh, Quasi. Yeah. Quasi, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, he's young, too. Uh, uh, one of the up-and-comers through the, through the ranks. And um, so he was one of the top names out there. And so what are you thinking? Yeah, I think the Bears and the Vikings are in a similar situation where we both feel like we got our guy. It seemed like Quasey was our number one pick. It seemed like Holes was the Bears' number one pick. So at least initially, it seems like we're both happy as organizations right now. But there is a lot of excitement about both It's all flowers and rainbows. It, it's, it is, until you start losing, which hopefully won't happen. But, you know, there's, you know... Quasi is interesting because he's an extremely smart guy. He has a background in economics and finance. Um, you know, he's been in the organization. He's worked for the Browns, the Niners, um, and you know, in the the press is conferences. He yeah, he went to what Stanford, I believe. I think so. And he was like a Wall Street guy, right? Yeah, he was. So um, it's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's definitely compared his his time on Wall Street to you know making these high stakes decisions and whatever, and how that's kind of prepared him. But um, you know, in the in the the press conferences he's given, he seemed pretty you know humble and genuine, and uh, people are you know really excited to really excited to work with him. So nice, nice. Um, so, uh, Kevin O'Connell, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, there's also a lot of excitement about him. Um, you know, obviously he's kind of of the, you know, Sean McVay ever-expanding coaching tree <laughs> off of him. Um, you know, he was, exactly, we were hoping, you know, to get another McVay out of that. But, you know, it's interesting, we don't exactly know what we're going to get out of him quite yet. You know, he didn't call plays in, at, for the Rams necessarily, 
Um, you know, he knows Kirk, the two cross paths when they both were in Washington. So, uh, yeah, I would say people are, are pretty excited about him. He's kind of exactly what, you know, the, the culture shift we were thinking. People really wanted a, you know, young, kind of gregarious offensive mind, and that's kind of who we got. So nice. it'll be interesting to see, you know, what if his, you know, relationship with Kirk, you know, helps, you know, if that leads to extending him. Um, he seems, from what I've heard, at least in the you know minimal interviews and stuff, he does seem to be a Kirk fan. So mm. I I do, like I said, think we'll probably extend him. So. All right. So should we have our group commiseration about Aaron Rodgers <laughs> coming back? Absolutely. Uh, so I think last week I described my philosophy around Aaron Rodgers, which is just ignore everything he says. I wish I had just adopted that strategy two years ago, because talk about much to do about nothing. Yeah. I mean, uh, after all that, after all the drama and all the McAfee stuff and everything, uh, the end of that story, you know, is that Aaron Rodgers gets $200 million from the Packers, so... Yeah, I, you know, uh, it was probably about a month, a month ago or so that I just put in my head, he's just not going. It just it just makes too much sense for him to stay there. But man, I certainly didn't guess that they were going to give him two hundred million dollars. And has that been confirmed? By the way, I, I saw that he, yeah. dis- he. I thought he disputed it and said that it wasn't quite that much, but it's a lot of money. Well, so. I did see for sure that it's a hundred and fifty-three million guaranteed. So. Okay, maybe it's not 200. <laughs> maybe there's a voidable year. Who cares, right? Yeah. But, um, it, it, I mean, the Packers made it clear that they were going to do everything they possibly could to keep him. Uh, they did. Uh, then they slapped a franchise tag on Devontae Adams, which the way I've heard it is that they're still going to try and sign him to a long term deal right. before the season starts, yeah. right? So, um, you know, woe is us. Well, I mean, I, I don't know of another way to think of it. And I mean, with Adam specifically, right? Because I think, what's, do you know what the franchise tag is for receivers? Last year was $18 million. I assume it's a little bit so, above that. That was the weirdest thing is, is that I, I think I saw that he was going to get like 19 So that's a solid was like, $10 million below what he would make if he right. was a free agent, right? So, yeah, I mean, if I was him, I would be blowing a cap, right? But... But, you know, they're, they're also saying, you know, that they're going to supposedly sign him to a long-term deal. Now, at the, at the same time, the salary cap does have to play into this. And I read this afternoon that there's, uh, they're in the second-worst spot still uh, with, with, the, with the numbers that have changed. After who? The Saints? Probably. <laughs> yes, I would imagine I think so. it's the Saints or the Warriors. So, you know... Uh, where does that put them? How how are they going to sign all these guys? You know? I, I, I think that if they have Rodgers and if they have Adams, then you kind of figure it out from there, right? I mean, I think they'll probably lose some guys on their defense. You know, I, I, I'm not an expert at their roster and who's coming due for a contract extension, who's who they've got control over. But um, I think that even with those two guys, they're certainly still better than the Bears. That's true, and, but you know what? Uh, one thing that is interesting is that uh, two years ago they um, they lost at home. Uh, you know, Rogers on his uh, uh, cloud won MVP, but they still lost. You know, they still lost in the playoffs at home. They tried to put it on the officials. 
This year, there wasn't any putting it on the officials. It's, you know, San Francisco went right in there and won. It's three three years, years ago, right? Three years in a row, they've lost in the NFC at home. Oh, no. Two, three years ago, they lost in San Fran, I think. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, again, they had home field advantage. They still lost. Uh, Rodgers was actually one of the people that I saw that instead of, uh, you know, looking at uh, the special teams was like, we can't win with 10 points. I mean, I was, like, surprised that he was the one guy that came out and made it, you know, we can't score 10 points and win. And uh, so there's still something, right? What is it that Rodgers has these, you know, great years during the year, but when it comes to the playoffs, I mean, you know, people like to joke that when it comes right down to it, he still only has one Super Bowl win. Yeah, I mean, well, and actually the Vikings have had pretty good luck against them, right? Over the last couple of years, at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think in the playoffs, your margin of error is smaller, and it's colder out, so it's harder to score 35 points in a game. And a lot of times when you get down to it, you're playing the best teams, special teams, offensive line, defense, those things end up mattering more than they do in the regular season. And with Rodgers, I mean, three years ago when they lost in San Fran, they just got beaten up by the 49ers. Two years ago, they lost to Brady and that Tampa Bay team that ultimately ended up winning the Super Bowl. And last year was kind of a weird game where the weather was brutal and the Packers kind of inexplicably scored one touchdown in a game, right? So there's plenty of blame to go around, I'm sure, especially for this last one, but you start to wonder, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's got his one Super Bowl, and that's it. And I think a lot of people blame McCarthy for the first 10 years of that or so. It but seems like a lot of people blame a lot of people other than number 12. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean it's him included, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, I, I haven't heard a whole lot of pointing the thumb going on up there. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean... No more excuses, right? If that's truly the contract he got, he's going to be making $50 million a year. And the NFC is as bad as it's been in however many years. I mean, go get him, Cowboy. Yeah. We'll see what happens, I guess. Okay. Uh, I want to shift gears for a minute. I want to go to you, Melissa, and uh, talk a little bit about what you see as uh, positions that are really uh, a big need um, uh, for for the Vikings. And, and what, maybe where because I don't even know the answer to this, like where are the Vikings at in terms of salary cap and draft picks and all that? Like the Bears we know are in probably the worst position in the league when it comes to those two metrics. But Just how, tell us everything. How are the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, um, I think that we are not, we're, we're not in salary, salary cap hell, but we you know have a lot of needs out of the draft. Um, definitely, you know, cornerback is kind of one of the, probably the top need of us right now. Um, oh, are they going to keep... Um, Patrick Peterson? Yeah, I believe so, and I hope so. He's He was a really good veteran presence for the team and a really good leader. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that kind of after many years of having Zimmer as our, as our you know, defensive helm, that we're gonna, probably going to go cornerback first round, but I think that's probably who we're going to go. Um, I mean, you know, we always need have a need for offensive line, clearly. Um, it seemed that under... Spielman, we just had an inability to uh, draft, to you know, evaluate offensive linemen. Um, so that's you know, kind of a you know, 
perennial need for us. And Derisaw was, you know, quite good for us. I last loved year. that pick, by the way. Yeah, it was a really good pick, and he's looking like you know he's going to be, um, you know, one of our hopefully perennial starters to the you know the future here. So the way I understand it is his metrics uh, over like the last six games of the year were really good. Yeah, yeah, no, they were. So that's looking like a good uh, Spielman pick, and obviously he's he's gone. But yeah, I'm I'm curious. I mean, obviously with Quasey, we'll see kind of what his um, you know evaluation is of these guys. As we've seen, you know, in many past years of Spielman trading back, getting a lot of different draft picks. That's probably not going to happen anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the draft this year. So, um, who do you think is getting axed? Is do you think Hunter's gonna stay they gave him a lot of money didn't they yeah they did I I hope he stays but it's just kind of tough to make all of this you know all of this work with you know have to I mean there's a lot of guys you have to pay right I mean Barr is his contract is up Barr yeah um you know you have to pay you know possibly extend Cousins uh, Hunter I have to check on his exact contract but yeah, I, I would like us to keep him, but it's going to be try to it's going to be tough to get all these you know defensive pieces in place. Well, and Hunter really, like you were saying, um, he hasn't really played in two years. I didn't even realize he made it all the way to Halloween. I I for some reason was thinking he missed all of last year. Yeah, no, he uh, he left that home Cowboys game. Yeah, with that pec injury, so he great moment of the Vikings yeah. season, losing to Cooper. Rush? Is that the guy's name? That was his name. Yeah, that was a that was a bummer of a game to go to because Halloween's one of my favorite um, favorite holidays. And my brother, before this year, I mean, there was definitely favorable people viewed Zimmer pretty favorably. But my brother was Mike Zimmer for Halloween, so he dressed up as Zimmer. He dressed up as Zimmer to the game, um, and he was he was pretty good. He had like some reading glasses, and he kind of had them low on his neck. He had the exact polo that Zimmer wears. He put like a pillow in his shirt. It's a little bit of a god. He had a he had a clipboard. That's, awesome. That's all on the side of yeah. That was a, a very disappointing. That was kind of the worst game possible. But yeah, Bears had a bad game on Halloween too. I was just looking at it. That was the 49ers game where the 49ers didn't have to punt a single time. But <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, so that was a that wasn't a great game. But yeah, Hunter did did make it to that point and. Um, I mean, you know, he's been asking for, his agent's been asking for, you know, a big contract um, for him, but, you know, we haven't really seen him play in two years. It's kind of hard to put yourself as a top D-end in the league when we haven't, you know, seen anything. It was a neck injury two years ago, and it was a peck this past season, so. And he had a monster year in 2019, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, okay. That's like when he, because he was, was he a fourth rounder? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. So. Yeah, because, um, uh, you know, he kind of screamed up through the ranks uh, at the beginning, and it was like, oh, uh, Spielman's got one of his uh, his uncovered gems. And then, uh, yeah, it seems like he's you just had problems with injury. So, so you'd say uh, cornerback, um, offensive line, those are two perennials for uh, the Vikings, right? Yeah, I would say so. What are the Bears? What's kind of top on their list? There's a lot of things. <laughs> um, what's the your entire team? Yeah, so, so the, yeah. ba- the Bears currently have about five players. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> we've got a quarterback that you know was drafted high, but you don't really know because the Bears decided uh, to completely waste the first year of his 
yeah. his development. Uh, you got a couple of running backs. You got we one, are set at running back. Yeah, yes. So we got one wide receiver, uh, maybe one guy on the offensive line that you can rely upon. No, we have one tight end. Yeah, no, no, I mean, have one. I don't really think that he's anything special at the moment, at least. I mean, you got at the moment one pass rusher that's 34 years old and then you've got one linebacker and one cornerback so yeah one one cornerback hey our kicker is good though so yeah our kicker is good the vikings so. if, if the vikings want to take notes on that one then maybe that would be helpful but i mean the bears it's going to be interesting to see and uh, like i mentioned that tom and i were going to be recording a second episode so i have my plan to fix the bears um and we're going to see if Tom agrees, but we'll get into that at the second episode. But long answer to a short question: the Bears need just about everything, other than running back. Uh, speaking of kicker, do you, do you think you guys need a new kicker? No, I think we seem, uh, yeah, we seem quite happy. So we've had obviously a lot of <laughs> a lot of instability at um, you know the kicker position. But Greg Joseph, I mean, obviously he had that early miss versus Arizona, but. After that, he was pretty... He was pretty solid. He was pretty solid, you know. Um, and obviously, Kirk, we saw him drive down the field and get some come-from-behind come wins. Um, I was at that Lions game. We should not have had to, you know, have Kirk and, you know, drive down the field and have Joseph make that, that winning field goal. But he, he seemed pretty clutch towards then. A couple oh, yeah. of missed points here and there. But I think we actually have our guy for a little bit, hopefully. And the Vikings, they lost to the Lions, right? At least one. Yeah, at at Fort, Fort Field, yeah. I, yeah, I was thinking about that because you and I were talking about how the Lions were worse than the Bears, and I was like, oh, they could have easily beaten the Bears both times that we played them last Jared year. Jared Goff, though, is, he's terrible. He is bad, yeah. but, I mean, the Bears are bad, so. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, though? So, one, one of the things that I, the thing I'm really excited about is Justin Fields. Um, he, he was very up and down last year, as Jim alluded we really didn't get to see a, a clear picture of him at all. Uh, terrible coaching, uh, terrible offensive line, literally one wide receiver. Um, so it, it will be nice to, to see uh, what they do to build around him because that, that's what they, that's what's the whole focus is going to be. So it, it, it was tweeted out a lot today in relation to Mac getting traded, just that the Bears are going to be in what appears to be full rebuild. So, but as Jim was saying, it doesn't seem like Minnesota is in that. It seems like they're in more of the few players away mode. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, if we were in rebuild, you know, we wouldn't be keeping Thielen. We wouldn't be, you know, trying to resign Daniil or extend Cousins. So I think we still think that we do have a window for a few years, you know, before we we do have an aging defense, obviously, as you guys know. But I, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, we were a few picks away from making the playoffs last year, and I don't know. I seem to think that we're, you know, I are we going to go to the the Super Bowl next year? I, I would love it, but I don't foresee that. But I think we're better than you know we have been the last few years of you know missing the playoffs three out of four. I'd, think we can do a lot more than that. Yeah, from an outsider perspective, I mean, the Vikings seem like one of those teams that could very easily, with a little bit better luck and new offensive philosophy, and if you get lucky with injuries, they could go from eight wins to 11 or 12, and I don't know if they'll win the division with Rodgers back, but they'll 
be one of the higher seeded wild cards and you know can win a game or two in the playoffs I mean that's obviously as of today in the middle of March we've got a long time to go and until the season kicks off and there could be a lot of movement in the NFC and people can get hurt and you know we know all the caveats but they, they certainly seem like a team that with some new leadership maybe could you know surprise some people that maybe aren't thinking about the Vikings right now especially just given how how weak the NFC seems to be uh so who's your starting tight end again because Herb Smith is the guy you guys drafted, but he hasn't really played very much, right? Because no, he's been hurt. Yeah, he tore his ACL last year. Um, why am I blanking on his Conklin, name? Right? Conklin, yes. Conklin, thank you. that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's thank right. Because uh, I, was, I was reading a little bit about him uh, this offseason that uh, he actually, um, uh, Pro Football Focus actually gave him a, a pretty good rating, um, which was... Uh, surprising because he, you know, he wasn't expected to be the guy. Smith, I guess, is supposed to be the guy. Is Smith supposed to come back this year? Or? Yeah, that's the goal. Conklin is a free agent right now, and I think he's he's hoping to resign with the Vikings, but isn't quite sure. Um, hopefully, you know, Smith should be ready for the season. But I, yeah, we'll see what happens there. So, okay, okay. so um, anything? You got anything else? I don't. I don't think so. I mean. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, no, I. Uh, this has been really fun, kind of doing a you know a little a little crossover here. Nice. Just was you know thinking about you know the Aaron Rodgers thing really quick again. It just feels uh, like we're never. I, yeah, it just feels like we're never gonna get rid of the guy. And I, I think both both us and the Bears just kind of saw this window of opportunity opening and. It's just it's just crazy that we don't really know what the Packers are like without a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, they've just lucked out with this back-to-back the last, you know, couple decades. So, you know, I think uh, bright days are, you know, ahead someday for the Bears and Vikings once he's gone, but obviously that's not yet. I mean, Father Time is undefeated, so he's going to decline. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought he was in decline going back a couple of years and then obviously he proved everybody wrong by winning back-to-back MVP awards but he's 38 and he's been beaten up a lot in his career like that's a difference between him and Brady who obviously played forever like I don't remember a lot of years where Brady was just getting pummeled Mm -hmm. there were a lot of years where Rodgers was playing behind a really bad O-line and obviously the Packers were still successful but he was getting hit a lot and he looks old too I mean he, he does not look good on the sidelines so I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that's going to last until he's you know 43 44 like Brady did but he's certainly not showing any signs yeah of I wouldn't expect him to play that for uh that four-year contract I, I, I don't I think so either I, I, I would think maybe this year and, and maybe one more maybe and I mean he also just kind of seems like a guy that maybe has other interests outside of football, especially in the last that's couple of years. Definitely the truth, yeah. So I don't know that he wants to play that long. I mean, obviously, if he's making fifty million dollars a year, that's a lot of money to walk away from. But listen, know, here's uh, uh, thumbs up, Shailene Woodley dumping uh, number twelve. I think they might be back together <laughs> now. Actually, I know I. I have a Packers friend, and there's some other Packers. Somebody got married this past weekend, and she was apparently going through, like, the Snap story or the Instagram stories that this player was posting, and she spotted them in the background. It was, you know, Rodgers and Woodley. I don't know. So I think they're both equal levels of just 
crazy. You know, she eats like clay, and he's just like you know <laughs> anti science. So well, maybe they just broke up before he had to go on that weird cleanse that oh, he was God. talking about. I don't even remember what it was called, but where you're like eating only butter and you force yourself to throw up all day. And yeah, nice. more power to you if that's what you want to do, but. Maybe she got out ahead of that and now is having second thoughts. I don't know. I don't really care. So. <laughs> well, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, that was that was awesome. Yeah, this was great. And yeah, like I said, tune in next week or actually probably in a couple days from now, and you will get my plan to fix the bears. Oh, there you got to tune in for that one. For sure. Ryan Poles has already stolen a bit of my thunder, but. That's okay. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, no more over the next couple of days. Well, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Melissa, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. All right, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>